When you're young, not much matters. When you find something that you care about, then that's all you got. Anytime you've gone to a restaurant, how many times have you done this where the waiter brings you your food and they go, enjoy your food, and you go, you too? Isn't that like some of the most cringy shit ever? You're just feeling like a dumbass just sitting there like, um, he's not eating with us, but it's, I don't know, it's embarrassing for me. Anyway, welcome into episode two of the 416 podcast. I'm your host, Adam Hughes. Hi, everyone. How are you today? I'm just doing a check-in, weekly check-in. I'm going to do this on every podcast in the intro, making sure that you guys' mentals are good, physicals are good, emotional, you're good. Um, I know a lot of people that I know, this is their first full week of college classes, high school classes. Um, How are you guys doing? You guys doing all right? School works, just just easing back into it. Gets a little rough towards October, but you know now we're still floating. We're just like, all right, we're chilling. We're kind of easing back into school before it blows up in October. But just remember to keep you know keep yourself calm, keep yourself at bay. Do do things that you enjoy that make you feel at peace and make you feel calm, so you're not stressing yourself out. And your schoolwork tends to get done a little easier when you're not as high strung. So just take time for yourself every once in a while, even if it's something that you have to make time for, take time for yourself. It's healthy and it's good for you. It's only going to benefit you. I also want to shout out everybody that listened to the first episode. Um, I got a lot of positives, which made me kind of feel really, really good. So thank you to everyone who supported me this whole time and supported my first episode and pushed it out there and said hey listen to Adam hey listen so I appreciate all you guys I love all you guys um, shout out to a couple podcasts that I listened to um, we hate sports podcast shout out to them shout out to Cam um, listen to their recent episode which was one of their best I, I would have to think it really got me into my sports debate bag with even with myself, like I was thinking, like, hmm, are they, are they right on that? Or, hmm, I don't know. I don't agree with that. So I think it was a really, really well done episode. So shout out to him for that. Um, so we're just going to get right into it. We're going to start off with some sports. I know last week we started with music. This week I'm going to switch it up a little bit. We're going to start with some sports. NFL week one. Guys, the birds won. Fucking go birds, man. Go birds. Blew Atlanta out. Held them to two field goals. I think a field goal. I could be wrong. I don't even know. I'm not gonna check the score because I know that we blew them off the doors. That's all I'm gonna that's all I'm gonna say. I was so stoked. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you, I got a little bored towards like the middle of the third quarter when it was, you know, we were damn near close to 36 points. But at the same time, I hadn't enjoyed an Eagles game like that probably since 2017 because I think the last, and this can go for any sports team in any sport that's won a championship and you have expectations after the year you win the championship and then you guys are like either mediocre at best, you get back to where you once were and then you fall down again. I think this is the first year as an Eagles fan and I think I've, this has been the consensus around all Eagles fans that this is the first year that we've been able to just sit back and enjoy it. 
the Carson Wentz drama, Doug Peterson drama's gone. We got a new team, brand new quarterback, brand new coaches. It just feels like a different, it's a new era for sure. It's the Nick Sirianni era. And boy, am I excited for that era because if Sunday is a representation of what we can see for the future, holy crap. Holy crap. There could be another Super Bowl combat. I might not. I'm not captain. But they looked really, really good. They looked really, really poised. And I know everybody was already, but it's Atlanta. Atlanta sucks. Their defense sucks. I'm like, they have Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley, and Matt Ryan. If that's not enough offense for you, I don't know what else is. And they have their running back. I forget their running back's name was absolutely eaten up in the first half before our defense adjusted. So it was a good win for the Eagles. Um, The Packers, Aaron Rodgers. Yikes. Under 200 yards, no touchdown passes, only points for field goals. No touchdowns in the game, period. Not even on the ground. Yikes. Jameis Winston, five touchdown passes. Holy crap. People forget that he threw 30 touchdowns in a season and threw for, I think it was either 4,000 or 5,000 or both one season. Two different seasons. Jameis Winston's a good quarterback. People tend to forget that. But I'm happy for um, Jameis Winston. Along, you know, set aside that he blew the Packers out. Um, I'm just happy for him that he's getting this second opportunity with Sean Payton. You know, he's a humble, humble, humble quarterback. I enjoyed watching him in college at Florida State. I think he was really, really good, and he had a lot of promise. He just went to an organization, let's be honest, wasn't really very good. So I'm happy for him that he's able to get this opportunity with the new team. And if again, just like the Eagles, if that's a representation of what we're seeing for the future, that's that's a really good football team. That's just a football team minus Drew Brees. And I get Drew Brees, all-time great quarterback, but Jameis Winston's mobile where Drew Brees wasn't. He's got a bigger arm than Drew. I would argue that his accuracy is not as good as Drew Brees, but outside of that, He's a really good thrower of the football. So I'm excited to see what the Saints do this season. Um, other big games from week one, uh, the Monday night game. The Ravens and the Raiders. Man, was that a good, good game. Holy crap. The overtime, I fell asleep, I think, early, late fourth quarter. So I wasn't able to watch the end of the game. And I watched the highlights the next morning, and I was like, holy crap. Oh, my God. And shout out to the Raiders. My cousin's a Raiders fan. Um, and I always kind of, they're kind of my AFC team that I kind of push. I mean, the Steelers, My I have another cousin that's a Steelers fan. But the Steelers have rings. Like, they got their, they got their titles. They got their six rings, whatever. But the Raiders, you know, they're not as prestigious as the Steelers. So... I was really excited to see them win that game and pull that out. Congrats to Derek Carr, man. As much as he's struggled the last couple of years, I mean, he's played well. It's just the team around him hasn't been very good. Ever since he broke his leg, I think that was like 2014, 15, 16, around then. I don't think he's been the same quarterback. Um, And that season that he did break his leg, I think they were going to go to the AFC Championship game that year. I think they had the team. They had... 
the energy, it was just all around them. And I think they were going to, I think they ended up would have been playing Brady in that AFC championship game, if I remember correctly. But again, I don't remember when that was. Um, but shout out to the Raiders for winning that game. That was, that was a really good game. Back and forth, turnovers. Um, I just got to say this, Lamar Jackson, as good as he is, he's got to hang on to that football. He cannot fumble that football at all. Not the second one, the first one in the fourth quarter, not the one in overtime. The one in overtime, defender's coming from behind him. He doesn't see him. That happens. But that first one where he's running and he kind of dives for extra yard. He wasn't close to the first down. He dives for extra yardage, and then, boom, the ball comes loose. Can't be doing that. Not in the fourth quarter, not on a Monday night game week one. Can't be doing that. Um, But outside of that, that game was fantastic. Um, The Sunday night game between the Ravens and, excuse me, not the Ravens, the Rams and the Bears. Um, The Rams are legit. I'll say that. Matthew Stafford is on cloud nine right now. To having to go to play with, and no disrespect to any players on the Lions, but to go to a dysfunctional organization like the Lions and then get traded to the Rams for him is probably like, holy crap, this is a dream come true. I finally can, that first play, that first touchdown pass, where he's rolling out and he's got, I don't know, five to ten seconds to throw the ball. He's like, I never got this in Detroit. The O-line was always atrocious. And my best receiver for years was Calvin Johnson, who's a Hall of Famer. But outside of that, he didn't really have anybody. He had Kenny Galladay, and Kenny Galladay's nice. Daniel Jones, I'll talk about the Giants, the Thursday night game, in a second. But, man, I'm happy for Matthew Stafford, man. He's always been one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch. And it's just a shame that he's been in a crappy organization for the the entirety of his career. Um, so shout out to Matthew Stafford. Shout out to the Rams. Um, overall, though, week one, I didn't even mention the Chiefs and Browns game as well. That was a fantastic game. Baker Mayfield, that one pick at the end, can't be throwing that ball there. I would have taken the sack there. It was only second down. You would have been all right. Um, just would have been third and long, but you know, rather third and long than the ball getting turned over and boom, you lose the game. So Mahomes is going to be Mahomes. That throw he made to Tyree Kill, I think that catch looked a little better than the throw, but still a fantastic game. Really a fantastic week one overall. Good games, a couple blowouts, but good games like that Lions game that would have been a blowout, but they almost came back and won against the 49ers. That was a good game. Um, All the games this week, Zach Wilson got his first career touchdown pass. Trevor Lawrence got his first career touchdown pass. Devontae Smith got his first touchdown or career touchdown reception. Um, Sam Darnold got his first touchdown with his new team. Thank God he's out in freaking New York. Finally, he can get an offensive line and a decent running back and some decent receivers and a really, really good offensive head coach in Matt Rule. But um, let's move on to the Thursday night game that, let's be honest, going into it, I thought, all right, this game is going to be horrible. Jesus the Giants and the Washington football team, they're two division rivals and the national TV football crowd is going to be like, holy crap, we got to watch this on a Thursday. Boy, was I freaking wrong. 
holy crap, that game was fantastic. Touchdowns back, and early on it got, it was a little meh. But then once it started going and the points started coming up, holy crap, was that a good game. You come down to a last second field goal by the um, Washington football team. The kicker misses the first attempt. Giants jump off sides. And then they re-kick it and win the game. It was a good game. I'm not going to lie to you. It's the best game I've seen all year in terms of just watching as a fan. Maybe the Chiefs game was a little bit better, but um, definitely up there so far for a set the tone for week two. I think that did a very good job, and um, crowd was into it. I haven't heard, I haven't heard that stadium that loud since RG three played there. Holy crap, that place was rocking, and that I love that energy. I don't care if it's a team that I despise. If the crowd's into it, I'm into it. The only exception for that rule would maybe be the Cowboys. But other than that, it's really about the energy of a stadium, what the crowd brings to the game. And if the crowd's into it, I'm into it. Um, I'm going to touch on both quarterbacks, but first I'll do Taylor Heineke. I'll kind of do positive and then negative on the quarterbacks. Um, So the positive line would be Taylor Heineke. Um, I kick him ball, man. He's pretty damn good, I'm not going to lie. For being an XFL quarterback and then now being a pro quarterback, that two-minute drill that he led in the fourth quarter to, wow, to set the field goal up, man. That was his, I think, his second career start or third career start. I may be wrong. I think it's around two or three career starts. But on a primetime game, two minutes left, in the fourth quarter, you drive down, and then at eventually the game-winning field goal. Kid's got some guts, man. He's he seems like he's going to be that guy because I don't see Ryan Fitzpatrick coming back anytime soon because that was that same injury that Tua had last year, where he missed a whole bunch of time. So I I think this kid's the real deal. I really think he is. Um, now moving to Daniel Jones, I'm going to be honest. I think he played well. I don't think he played bad, but I don't think he played good either. I think he just played okay. Um, Sterling Shepard has to catch that ball. That ball was in his hands. Did he overthrow him slightly? Yeah. But that ball needs to be caught. And I think that was similar to, I don't know why when I saw that catch, well, two things popped in my head. One was that catch or excuse me, that drop that he had against the Eagles on a Thursday night game last year. And I was actually at that game and saw that. Um, that was the same game where he had like that 80-yard run and he fell like right at the 10-yard line. Holy crap. That was a wild game too. Like, you know, Eagles were kind of getting pushed, pressed back, and Wentz had to lead them back and they won the game off that Boston Scott touchdown. Um, but um, the other thing was the... Jimmy G uh, throw in the Super Bowl, and I can't remember who dropped it in the, in that Super Bowl, but whoever it was, it reminded me of that, and that was kind of like the nail in the coffin for um, Kyle Shanahan in terms of he's like, all right, actually it wasn't a drop now that I think of it. It was an overthrow, but same kind of premise. I think for Joe Judge, and he's now going to be on the hot seat now being 0-2, 
Um, they if they don't turn that around, and again, like that whole team, I think is going to blow up this this season, um, because from the body language that I was telling at Saquon Barkley on the sideline, he ain't happy there. And I think he's just going to get more frustrated and more frustrated. And I think he's going to ask for a trade and want out of there. And if I were him, this is something that I don't think, you know, two ACL injuries, back-to-back seasons, I don't think he planned on that, obviously. Um, he wasn't like this at Penn State. He wasn't injury-prone. Um, I think um, he needs to get out of there. As much as Giant fans don't want him to go, and uh, shit, I mean, I wouldn't want him to go either. You know, he's freaking Saquon Barkley. He's talented as hell. But I think for both the Giants organization and for Saquon Barkley, that would be the best thing for him to get, you know, get out of Dodge. Because look what I did for Odell Beckham. He's kind of flourishing, and again, with the injuries, but he's still flourishing, and he's in a position where he can win. Versus where in New York, he wasn't in a position. You know, he had Eli Manning thrown to him and then Daniel Jones thrown to him. I mean, it's just, it wasn't a good fit, I don't think. And he was too big for it. And I think Cleveland humbled Odell. Where Saquon is humbled, he's kind of the opposite of Odell, where he's not eccentric. He's not, you know, all this, all the noise coming from number, you know, 26. He's more humble, he's more reserved, and I think he's just going to have to ask for a trade and get out of there. It would be the best thing for him, quite honestly, for his career. Because, you know, he's not going to be doing anything in New York, in my opinion. So, uh, week two, some exciting games coming up. I'm going to look at the, I'm going to pull the schedule up right here. Because I don't have it right in front of me. But um, we got Eagles and 49ers, the Eagles home opener. I'm going to be super excited for that. Um, Rams-Colts is going to be another good game. Um, hopefully Carson Wentz bounces back from against the uh, Seahawks. He never seems to play well against the Seahawks. It's his entire career. That's the one team that I think really had his number. Pete Carroll's really good at that, but I think um, he's really had his number. Um, another 1 o'clock game is Bill's. Uh, Bills Dolphins that's going to be a good game Raiders Steelers that's going to be another great game Saints Panthers all these games are all most of them are divisional games um, and they're really really good um, Cowboys Chargers the 425 slot um, another 425 Titans Seahawks another good game and then Sunday Night Football second week we get Chiefs Ravens Lamar versus Patrick Mahomes and um, the Monday night game is Lions-Packers, and I I have the Packers blowing out the Lions, but again, I could be wrong given to what Aaron Rodgers did last week. Um, but that Chiefs-Ravens game, I didn't even see that. Now that just got me really excited. Um, so good slate of games for week two. Um, and in terms of football, we're going to switch. I'm going to do a little fantasy football from now until the end of the fantasy football season. Um, I'm in two leagues right now. I won in my one league and I lost in my other league. I lost in my other league by like a few points, which kind of kind of ate at me. But in my one fantasy league, my <laughs> my starters are Aaron Rodgers and Derrick Henry, who performed piss poor. 
and both leagues I had Ronald Jones start, and he had a fumble that led to an or a, a what's it called? Yeah, a fumble he had, um, and it was a negative six or a negative point six. So I again, I don't know how I won in my other league. I think Josh Jacobs kind of saved me, and Amari Cooper saved me from pre uh, last week's game. Where he was just going absolutely nuts. He gave me like thirty-eight points fantasy wise. I was like, "Holy crap!" Um, so yeah, I'm doing all right in fantasy. My teams are pretty good, and it's yeah, it's rough out there. But the reason why I bring up fantasy is um, there was a story that I read um, about Raheem Mostert and. People sending him death threats and telling him to go kill himself because he got injured and now they have to find a new running back, you know, for their fantasy team. Y'all people need to chill out. You do know that just like in a video game, I feel the same way about like fantasy sports as I do about video games, like sports video games. Um, it's just a game. It's not. Like, it's not real life. Like, those players are actually real-life players that actually have to perform for a fantasy team. But they're actual people. Like, they're not... It's not like a video game where you can be like, oh, screw this and whatever, because they're, you know, characters in a video game that portray real people, but they're just actual characters. These people are actually real people. Like, Telling somebody to go kill themselves because, first off, they got injured beyond their control. Like, you get injured, that's not your fault. It's not like you, you know, took a helmet and just smacked your knee and said, all right, oh, I hurt my knee, and then now I'm out. No, like, it was in the heat of the game. Like, he got injured. It's not his fault. Do you think Saquon Barkley, where were those same people that were telling that to Saquon Barkley the last couple of years? Oh, go kill yourself. Oh, go jump off a cliff or go sending him death threats. Why? Because he tore his ACL? He can't control that. It's like fantasy basketball owners. I don't know a lot of people do fantasy fantasy basketball, but I've always wanted to try it. But that's the same thing going to fantasy basketball owners and say LeBron gets hurt. What, are you going to tell LeBron to go kill himself because he got hurt? No. Do you think Laker fans are going over to LeBron James saying, sending him death threats after he got hurt a couple years ago? No. Or uh, last year? No. What about Anthony Davis? They doing the same thing to him? No. Are Philly fans doing the same thing to Joel Embiid when he missed time? No. It's the same principle. Like, I just don't get people sometimes, man. Like, how are you going to tell an NFL player who is probably bigger than you, stronger than you, faster than you, and probably could beat the crap out of you, to tell them to go to go kill themselves and sending them death threats to him and his family? That's just disgusting. Like, people are weird with that type of stuff. Um... So, shout out to Raheem Moster. Hopefully he gets better soon, and don't be dealing with all these freaking nasty people, man. That's just, that's just weird. People are weird. People are like that with celebrities in general. Like, it's just weird. People are weird. They don't have enough time to themselves, so they have to go and comment on everybody else. So, so, let's transition into music now. New Music Fridays. Um... In terms of, I know I mentioned last week about Baby Keem's uh, new album. I have listened to it, and it's been on repeat for a week. Honestly, one of the only mainstays of my rotation for the last week. That album's fantastic. 
it's one of the better projects I've heard this year. Um, I think I enjoyed it more than Certified Loverboy. And I know I'm going to be coming back on, Adam, you're hating on Certified Loverboy. Actually, it was a good album. Shut up. All right, listen. I didn't hate Certified Loverboy. I just said it was mid, okay? Hop off. Um, Baby Keem's album, fantastic. I enjoyed it. Um, that's kind of it for hip-hop last week. I mean, there were some songs that dropped here and there, but not ones that really were like, oh, wow, look at that. There's a lot of country that's coming out. Um, I'm a huge country music fan. Um, so you had Casey Musgraves drop her album. I haven't listened to that yet. I haven't gotten around to it. Um, but some Lucy singles, uh, Some Habits, Cole Swindell, 23, Sam Hunt, Hometown Boys with Dirks Bentley, Hardy, and Matt Stell. That song has been on my rotation all week long. Fantastic song. Shout out to my boy Eric for telling me all these songs dropped because I hadn't been paying attention because I've been busy with the pod. So um, shout out to him. Um, Album-wise, uh, Sam Grow is a not super well-known country artist. Really, really good. This Town is the album. Uh, Midtown Diaries by Michelle Tempany. I said I always say his name wrong. It's Mitchell Tenpenny. I always say, I don't know. I just always see his name and say it wrong. Mitchell Tenpenny, Midtown Diaries, fantastic, fantastic album. And then Scotty McCreary just dropped his brand new album uh, yesterday. Fantastic. He's never gonna miss on an album. Fantastic album. Um, and then last night. Lil Nas X's album came, and I haven't listened to it yet. I've obviously heard Industry Baby with Jack Harlow, and I've heard um, Call Me By Your Name. Um, and I think one of the other singles on there I heard, but I haven't heard it yet. I heard it's solid. I heard it's a pretty decent album. It's a good listen. This is, I think, his first album because the other one was an EP, so this is his first full-length album, and I'm excited to, to listen to it, because, you know, I like music in general. I don't care if the artist is gay, straight, bisexual, whatever. Um, that doesn't really preference my listening, you know. You know, some of my favorite artists are either bisexual or whatever, like, you know, Queen, Freddie Mercury was gay. David Bowie was bisexual. Prince we suspect that he was bisexual at least in the 80s and the 90s but I, I don't think sexuality has anything to do with music I mean in terms of listening to it or not you can do what you want you know if you're not comfortable listening to that type of music or just listening to that type of artist who just happens to be bisexual or gay that's up to you That's I'm not going to knock you for it but um, so I'm on Instagram the other day and I see a couple things. So first I'll mention earlier this week in New York, uh, Pop Smoke's gravesite was destroyed, like destroyed. I've seen, I saw the pictures. I'm sure all you guys have seen that or heard the story again, back to the people being weird with celebrities. This is freaking weird. Who in their right mind? First off, it's not like you would go to someone else's gravesite that's not a celebrity and just wreck it. You're not just going to go take a sledgehammer at a gravesite and just go smash 
tombstones down or kick tombstones over. Like, you are a weird-ass dude or woman or whoever. Like, I don't know who did this. You are freaking weird. Like, what possesses you to go to someone's gravesite and just destroy it? I really want to know what goes through your mind. Like, I really want to, like, look at your brain and just, like, why? He... I don't get it. I don't get it. Let the freaking kid... And I say kid, he's... A damn, he's, what, a year younger? I'm 22. He died when he was 20? So he would have turned 21 this year? I'm a year older than him. Let the kid rest, man. I feel the same way about them releasing his music and on these uncredited verses and all this type of shit. Like, just let him rest, man. Like, it's bad enough that his label and his team is pumping out all this pop smoke music that's supposedly full songs. When they're not full songs, they're just snippets of him, of a hook or a verse, and then boom, that's it. You throw a beat and some features on it, boom, it's a hit song. That new Pop Smoke album that dropped over the summer, it was horrible. It was trash. It was horrible. It wasn't Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon, because that was one of the best just albums, period, that I heard from last year. But then, you know, you already got the label putting his stuff out that's not even that good, and it's not something that the public needs to hear unless it's a finished product. And then you get this, like people destroying... Like, imagine people coming to your house and just, like, destroying your house while you were sleeping. Like, breaking your windows and destroying property and, you know, it's just nasty, man. People have no self-control and, I, quite frankly, I think the pandemic had a part of that because people were stuck inside and they were like, now they have the opportunity to go outside and go do some stupid shit like this. Like, how do you... I don't get that, man. People are... Again, it goes back to my point of people being weird with celebrities. Celebrities die. And people get weird. People get weird. They want to take advantage of something. And this would be an example of it. People are weird with celebrities, man. So, continuing on the seeing things on Instagram uh, trend in terms of music. Uh, I was seeing all on instagram that i guess people were saying that playboy cardi is the modern day tupac um i didn't know how to react to that i wanted to know who was saying that i get playboy cardi is and don't get me wrong i love playboy cardi i i loved his first album i love dial it it's probably one of my favorite trap albums ever his new album, Whole Lot of Red, did not really resonate with me. It's growing on me a tad. Like, I'm adding a couple more songs, but the whole project as a whole, I didn't think. Like, the whole meme that was going around saying, oh, Whole Lot of Mid. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. I think it wasn't his best. And I don't think that was the album that he wanted to put out. I think that, again, like Certified Lover Boy, I think it was kind of a label thing. It's got to put something out. You've been teasing it for two years. Now you're saying it's dropping on Christmas. you got to put something out. I don't think it was... I don't even think it was finished, in my opinion. But to say he's the modern-day Tupac, um, no, respectfully. Um, Tupac started 
the East Coast, well, he didn't start it, but he was kind of at the forefront of that East Coast, West Coast. I would say it wouldn't, it wasn't a war, I would say. It was maybe more so of a beef, but a really big one that almost culminated into a war during the 90s. Um, he was argued at that time one of the greatest to ever do it in terms of hip-hop and even now he's regarded as one of the greatest ever to do it um not just in the ability to rap just the the whole thing the albums the the cadence his flow his lyrics his influence everything combined to one he you know universally he's one of the greatest to do it with all due respect to playboy cardi he's not one of the greatest to do it not even in his generation I would argue that Lil Uzi Vert is above him in that because his albums are better. His influence, I believe, is greater than Cardi's, even though Cardi, I think, has a bigger cult following than Uzi. Um, he's not the best in his generation. In his line. So he's coming from that line of Uzi... 21 Savage, Post Malone, like that 2015-16 SoundCloud era. Now, that sound, the stuff he has on SoundCloud, that Cardi has on SoundCloud, is amazing. That's not on, you know, Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, etc. But I don't think he's the best of his generation. He's To me, he's got to tap over Uzi to get that crown, and I don't think he's at that place yet. He could be with if he drops another album, and we'll see what that does. But to say he's the modern-day Tupac, I just can't agree with that. Because that would have to mean that he had a influence as big or is, or excuse me, or bigger than Tupac, which, let's be honest, he hasn't. Um, and he would have to be one of the GOATs in his generation. He'd have to be one of the best rappers, one of the best lyricists, one of the best you know, album makers in his generation, and he wasn't. Um, or he isn't, I should say. Cardi isn't. So, I just thought that was trying to get conversation, and look, it did. It got maybe like a five-minute conversation out of me. Um, I think it's a good talking point. I think it's a good, hey, let's actually look at what Playboy Cardi has done in his career since he's been out, you know, it big big out like 2017 2016 type of time but yeah i don't think him being the modern day tupac is um is something that you can put on him because i don't think he's at that level yet i don't think he's at that now if you said something like kanye west is the modern day tupac okay i think i'd probably agree with that or if you want to go by generation so say the younger generation the you know, the SoundCloud rappers that came a little later, ones like Lil Peep, Juice World, XXX, Tentacion, Ski Mask, The Slump God, all of those guys, Trippy Red. If you had said maybe XXX, Tentacion was the modern day Tupac, that would have been a little more of a, okay, that makes a little more sense. And even before X died, that was kind of the culmination of when X and Juice World get big. Is that going to be the modern day Tupac and Biggie? 
and I forget who said it in an interview, I think it was G. Herbo, about Juice World that he was what Biggie was to New York to Chicago. So Juice World was the Biggie of Chicago, where Biggie was Biggie of New York. Um, and I think I've always been along that line of had they the two of them still been alive, it would have been a X versus Juice, who's better, who's making better albums. It would have been that would have been the new rivalry. We as fans would have tried to pit them, pit them against each other. I don't think it would have worked because they were two humble human beings um, who didn't really care about that street shit. They weren't about that street shit. They were just about making music, having a good time, having a connection with their fans. Um, they, were, they weren't about that street shit as much as Pac and Biggie were. Um, and it's a different time now. You get social media... You didn't have social media back, you know, damn near 30 years ago. You didn't have it back then. But back to the original point. Playboy Cardi isn't the modern day Tupac, plain and simple. He hasn't done enough yet. And I don't think his, his, I don't think his influence is as great as Tupac's was back then. And even now, like you can hear influence from Pac now. So um, switching off of kind of drama in the music world. On, I believe it was Thursday or Wednesday of this week, sometime earlier this week, um, Mac Miller's camp put out that Faces, his mixtape from 2014, is coming to streaming services October 15th. And the single, well, it's not a, it's not the single off of the album, it's just the first song that they put off from the album um let me look up the title real quick is um colors and shapes which is universally one of people's favorites off of that project um diablo is probably my favorite off of that because i just love hearing uh, mac miller rap he's one of my favorite artists ever and i'm super excited for this project to be on streaming services um i've had to go and listen to it on soundcloud for the last x amount of years probably ever since it dropped and i'm super stoked for this i think his camp out of all of the um deceased musicians being you know the rappers that have died in the last five years or so um you know Lil peep x juice world um, king vaughn pop smoke mac miller and if I'm forgetting any, I apologize. Um, I think they've done justice to his catalog the best. Um, I think his album wasn't even really a rap album. It was more of an alternative rap album. Because there was rapping elements in that project, Circles. I think they've done the best out of everything production or the production the album rollout with circles the just the the placement of features on certain songs and clearance of certain things they just did a really really good job and you can tell that his camp and he's got and max miller's one that's got loads of songs and albums in the tuck waiting to be finished i don't think we're ever going to hear that music um I feel the same way with the Juice World party. They did a decent job. That Legends Never Die was definitely a label project. They just threw some songs that were unreleased on a project, made them fit really well. 
but like the interludes on that album on legends never die especially that last one juice world speaks from heaven i didn't like that i thought that was nasty like imagine a 12 year old thinking oh that's actually juice world speaking from heaven you know a 12 year old doesn't know any better a 13 year old doesn't know any better hell even a 14 year old a freshman in high school doesn't know any better oh is that the actually juice world it's just nasty and i think going back to that i think mac miller's camp has done phenomenal with releasing things posthumously uh, mac was trying to actually get faces on streaming services when he was alive it just you know he happened to die before you know seeing this happen and this is a really really good project if you're looking to be coming into mac miller and his music it's a really really good project it's some of his best rapping on there some of his better features on there too like even the features on this album are fantastic or, or excuse me on this mixtape are fantastic um i'm just really excited for this I've been waiting for faces to be on streaming services for a long, long time. I think it's going to be another W in the camp, in the Mac Miller camp. I think it's going to be another W for them. And it just shows that they actually cared. Whereas other, you know, XXS, Tentacion, and Pop Smoke, for example, those two camps really didn't care about the individual, they cared more about the brand and the money that they would be getting because of the brand that was Pop Smoke and XXS Tentacion. Juice World, you can kind of say the same, but their camps kind of clean it up a little bit. Um, Bibby's doing really good. DJ Scheme's doing really good at saying, listen, if you keep leaking shit, we're going to not release the album or the next two, three albums. I think The Party Never Ends is going to be three separate albums which, again, he's got the music to do it. He's got the songs to do it. He's got a catalog of unreleased songs that is massive. And I'm also along their side where it's like, I don't like the... How, do I have some unreleased shit in my phone? Absolutely. Because I love Juice World. But putting it out to the public is another thing. Putting it on TikTok, doing this shit. Like, I don't like that. Just keep it to yourself. Keep it to your phone. Share it with your friends. Don't share it with the masses. Let them figure it out. And if they don't figure it out, it's fine. They can wait. They can either discover it on their own or wait for it to be a finalized song and be on an album that they can listen to and digest. So congrats to Mac Miller's camp for releasing Faces coming October 15th, 2021 on Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, Amazon Music, any other streaming service that you get your music from. Um, I'm super excited for that. But um, to wrap up, here's some Lucy stories. I saw yesterday that the Clippers' new arena, the LA Clippers' new arena, the cost of that is $1.8 billion. Holy shit. $1.8 billion for a basketball arena. For a Clippers team that's kind of not going to be good next year without Kawhi Leonard for most of the year because of his ACL injury. They're going to have Paul George. They're going to do this. This stadium is not opening up. I should have said that prior. This stadium is not opening up until the 2024-2025 NBA season. It's still being built. It's in the works. But $1.8 billion. Holy hell. That's a lot of freaking holy shit. 
man, that's a lot of money. But listen, who knows what the NBA is going to look like in, in 2024. That's three seasons from now. So let's see what the NBA looks like then. The Clippers could be really, really good. They could be really, really trash. And it would be funny. It would be a Clipper thing to do for that franchise to do for them to be really, really trash come 2024, 2025. And they have to open up a $1.8 billion arena just to sell tickets for maybe the first 10 games. And then it should be empty midseason because they're so bad. I always think it's funny when that happens. I think they should just take the L.A. Forum that Ballmer, Steve Ballmer bought. He bought out from um, uh, MSG, the company. I think he should just just use that. Like, put Clippers shit in there. Uh, yeah, I know the Lakers played there, but the Lakers also play in Staples, the same arena that you play in, and they own you every single time you play them in Staples. So I don't... I don't get why they just didn't take the L.A. Forum and just make it the Clipper, the one in Englewood, and just make it the Clippers Stadium. But, you know, Steve Ballmer is a trezillionaire, so he's going to buy shit and, you know. $1.8 billion. Holy shit. That's crazy. But I think that's all I got for you guys today. Episode 2 is a wrap. Thank you, everyone, for listening again from the previous week. Um... I'm going to try and drop every Friday or Saturday. Just keep following my um, personal Instagram account and keep following the podcast's Instagram account along with the Twitter accounts of both me personally and the podcast. Um, Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Shout out to everybody supporting me. I think it's really, really dope that I get the support um, for this podcast and for myself even. Um, it makes me feel good. It makes the content a little bit better. And hopefully it just gets you into a brand new podcast or gets you into podcasting in general. and something that you didn't think you were going to do. Um, this could be a good starting point for you just to ease into podcasting. Um, so thank you guys again for listening and supporting the podcast. As I always say, life is a series of moments and moments pass. So let's make this one last as if it's all that we have Thank you guys for listening. Episode two is a wrap. I will see you guys next week for episode three. Thank you guys. I love you. Goodbye.